There are very few of us that have been able to escape this situation where we have felt betrayed by a friend. And so today what we're looking at is this example of when David himself was betrayed by a close advisor and the way that he was able to take that to God. And I think the struggle sometimes is as believers, we have a hard time understanding what to do with our hard, big, negative emotions like anger and betrayal and anguish. But yet we have a God that understands the human experience and longs to to be there with us. And so I always say it's okay to feel your feelings, but ultimately we need to surrender them to God. And so we're talking about that today and we're looking to David as an example. I pray that today's episode is a blessing for you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little one-on-one? My goal for the She Hears Ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with Him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one-on-one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying about that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are in Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy, at the stares of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. Confuse the wicked, O Lord, confound their speech, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls. 
Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with the throng at the house of God. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the grave, for evil finds lodging among them. But I call to God, and the Lord saves me. Even Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He ransoms me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. God, who is enthroned forever, will hear them and afflict them, men who never change their ways and have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His speech is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more smoothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. As you may have picked up, this psalm is one that talks about betrayal. And it's something that we have seen other places in the Psalms. This is what would be called a lament Psalm. And this idea of being betrayed by a friend, somebody that was a trusted friend, is something that we have seen David deal with a couple different times now throughout the Psalms. This would be one of the lament psalms that we learn that David is experiencing betrayal. And I think the purpose of that, and throughout a lot of these psalms, is to showcase this fact that following God and following Jesus does not protect us necessarily from experiencing hard times, but instead it offers us an opportunity to cope through the help of the Holy Spirit and and God's help helping us through these human problems that we're not going to escape because we live in this fallen world. One of the more famous verses in this psalm is verse 22. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. And this is something that we see quoted in the New Testament as well. In fact, Peter quotes verse 22 when he's trying to encourage the exiles. And he uses the first part of that verse. He says, cast all your anxiety on him. And then he adds to it because he cares for you. And so Peter is trying to counsel some young people and he's encouraging them to humble themselves because of God's mighty hand. He's talking about how God will lift them up in due time and and trusting in God's timing. And so we're talking about that in this Psalm as well with this idea of Humility, really this context of humility. And as he's quoting this first part of verse 22, cast all your anxiety on him, he's understanding that the character of God is the reason why we can cast our anxiety on him because, Peter adds, he cares for you. And so... We learn this throughout our time studying the Psalms that a lot of the New Testament writers knew the Psalms and would quote the Psalms. And the the biblical principles that we see in the Psalms, we see also throughout the New Testament. Jesus would have been teaching from the Psalms and quoting the Psalms. Those were the a lot of the hymns that they would have been singing or the, the songs that they would teach. And so the Psalms are a great resource for not just reading these things, but really recognizing the character of God's love 
And that word has said, which we've talked about a couple different times now, is not necessarily used in this psalm, but it's the implied understanding, the undercurrent of everything. And so when Peter was addressing the Jews that were displaced, the exiles, he was uh, looking for a place to just help them park their hope. And it's really based in this idea of we can lean into the care of God and we can cast our anxiety on him because he cares for us because of that love, that great love that he has for us. And that's something that we see in the Psalms. It's something we see in the New Testament. And it's something we experience as believers in Jesus now to this day. So historically speaking, at the time that David wrote this psalm, um, most scholars associate it with this season or this time in David's life where he has experienced betrayal by his advisor, and uh, who is a trusted advisor, a close friend, um, and he t- he turned against him and he joined the enemy's political camp, essentially Absalom's camp, and so the prayer of David against his advisor in second Samuel, um, where it talks about his foolishness, the, the advisor's foolishness. It's a lot different from what we see here in the sense that he's praying. David is praying that the Lord will confuse the wicked and confound their words. And so there's an emotional aspect to Psalm 55 that it's in line with his emotional state where he was found weeping in Jerusalem and he talks about just even grieving this betrayal that he's experienced at at the hands of somebody that really, really was a close and trusted friend. And I don't know about you, but I've experienced that. And there is a pain unlike, there's no pain like that. I, I feel like Um, it's one thing to be betrayed by somebody that you don't know, or, you know, an internet troll or something like that, but to experience betrayal at the hands of somebody that is a close friend or maybe even a family member, it's rough. It's really, really hard. And so there is a grieving process that has to happen in order for us to heal for that. And so what we're seeing is, again, David's example of coming to God with these big, hard emotions and God meeting him to help walk him through that situation. I mean, I think we may not experience our advisor, our personal advisor going to join the enemy's forces, you know, with war or something like that. But what we have experienced is things that David experiences in terms of the emotions. Just look like in verse two, he's or even just one, he's asking God not to ignore him. And I think we've all been to that place. In verse two, he's saying, hear me and answer me. He's talking about being distraught. In verse four, he says, my heart is in anguish with with me. The terrors of death assail me. He's really in anguish and he's feeling kind of terror, terrorized. And while um, he's in this place, there's this understanding that He is weeping, but he's not doing that alone. And what I love about this is that there's this constant reminder throughout David's life where he goes through these really hard things, these really hard emotions, and he always turns that back over to God. And and I think that's such a powerful example for us because that's not natural. What's, What's normal, or I wouldn't say normal, but maybe what's 
uh, if we talk about operating in the flesh, like in our sinful hearts and, and the desires of our flesh, what we want to do is we want to retaliate, right? We want to, we want to take revenge. We want to, um, act out on behalf of like vengeance for the way that we felt betrayed. And so to stop and hand that over to God, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of, I mean, that tells you a lot about the relationship between God and David. And it takes a lot of strength, a lot of spiritual strength, emotional, physical strength to be able to hand some of those things over to God. Also, I think it's interesting to note that when he talks about being in anguish, in that context, in that verbiage, um, it's talking about writhing in pain. It's really a description of women having labor pains. And so David's talking about literally being in physical pain, sick over this betrayal that he's experienced. And if you've ever experienced that, you know that there's a grief, a grieving process that comes from that. And then, of course, in verse six, he talks about, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. Basically, he's envious of the, of the birds that can just fly away from danger and find safety and go hide in the rock somewhere. He's kind of just maybe verbalizing how he just wants to escape the situation. And then as he prays for God to confuse the enemy, he's talking about confusing their plans or confusing the wicked. He's he's asking God to work on behalf of him to really avenge him. And this gives us this picture, this word picture of what happened back in Babel. And um, I did a, a podcast episode on that about the Tower of Babel earlier this year, if you want to learn more about that. But but essentially what happens at Babel is they had a, a situation after some of their disobedience where God confused their language. And so that's the prayer that he's asking, okay, intervene on my behalf. You've done it before. Confuse their language so that they can't even understand each other. And, and, but again, he's asking God to act on his behalf. He is not going and doing it on his own. And of course he goes on to continue to talk about how, if this was, a enemy, it would be easier to deal with, but instead this was a friend. And he talks about his friend's words being as smooth as butter, which we know what that means. And he's just talking about how hypocritical he was and how deceitful he was and just this betrayal. And then he gets to this place where, like I said, he's casting his cares on the Lord. And we see this turning point where we're starting to recognize that as we hand things over to God, that's when we allow him, we give him permission to work on our behalf behind the scenes even so that he can deal and he can judge whatever is going on. He can work on our behalf in, in the life of the wicked person. And, you know, the biblical principle in the Old Testament would talk about how the life of the wicked will be cut short. And, and in some ways, that is a consequence of the way that they live their lives and their um, you know, whether it's punishment or discipline or just a sin consequence, there's this idea that the the wicked are going to be dealt with and God is going to be the one to do the dealing, dealing with them. I think the place that we need to land on here, though, is essentially that trust of giving things over to God and and trusting God enough to just say, I trust you. I trust you with the outcome. I trust that you can deal with this and ultimately recognize that our relationship with our, with God is enough, even if we don't see the consequences of, of that 
betrayal being dealt with this side of heaven because the truth is is sometimes we will see it this side of heaven sometimes we won't sometimes god will deal with it and he won't reveal to us how he's dealt with it but there is consequence there is consequence for betrayal and sin and all the things that david is experiencing and so you know maybe we will feel justified down the road maybe we won't and and the tension that that we sit with is hard sometimes but it has to be secondary to this idea that god is trustworthy and we can trust him to do what he says he's going to do and just a, a final note um there are a couple of times in this psalm where it feels like or it seems as if David is falling into this temptation of cursing his enemies. In 15 we see that and in 23 we see that but then what he lands on is and he falls back into this real place in his heart where he is instructing himself really to cast his cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. And so we see him waffling back and forth with these this very human emotion. And I think we've all done that where we, we struggle with, okay, I want justice. God, I want you to deal with this. And you even want to speak curses over this person. But then we have to kind of come back and recognize and reel it in and say, okay, I need to trust God with this. And what I love about David is how real he is. We see these very, very real emotions centered around these very real situations that are not unlike what we go through today. And yet the example is, okay, have your emotions, have your emotions and deal with those emotions, but then hand them back to God. You know, years ago, I had a um, a, an older retired pastor's wife who was somewhat of a mentor to, to me. And I had experienced a situation where I was the children's pastor and one of the older ladies had said something really offensive and hurtful to me. Um, based in her opinion, it was, you know, probably about the paint colors on the wall or something that I chose for one of the kids' rooms. But anyway, she said something really, really hurtful and I just took it. I took it to heart. I just took it so, so heavy. And I, I shared it with this pastor, this older pastor's wife. And she said to me, oh, don't you just hate that? Let's just hate her for a minute. And so we sat there together, just kind of grumbling, didn't even say much, but we just hated her. And she said, okay, are you done? And I said, no. And she said, well, you need to forgive her now. And you need to let God deal with this. And it was such a powerful example for me. And it's kind of what I think of when I see David kind of in this place of going back and forth. It is normal to have these human emotions of wanting justice and wanting to hate the person for betraying you and dealing with that. And I think it's healthy. It's healthy to deal with that anger, feel your feelings, but then coming back to this place where you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to feel my feelings. I'm going to get it all out. And that's a safe place to do it. It's safe in, in the presence of God where you can say, God, I'm angry. I want to curse this person. I want to punch him in the face. I mean, even last week, there's somebody that did something against one of my kids. And I was like, oh, I just want to go punch him in the face. And my husband's like, okay, Pastor Rachel. I'm like, all right, I forgive them. Lord, would you deal with them? Lord, would you deal with my heart? But I think it's a very human thing for us to experience these these raw emotions when we're vulnerable or when we're hurting. And I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling those feelings. Now, of course, we can't act on them and we need to surrender them and we need to cast all those cares or cast all those anxieties onto God, meaning we need to hand those over to him. And I think that's a perfect example of what we see here with David as he's kind of pouring out his heart to God. And of course, I want to remind you that these emotions are not foreign to God. I mean, Jesus was fully God and fully man. And what we know from the New Testament is that Jesus himself was betrayed by Judas. And so he understands 
this idea of betrayal, betrayal by a close friend, a close advisor. And we're not telling Jesus anything that he doesn't know. So when we come to him in prayer and we express our anger or we express our betrayal or the grief that we're walking through, we have a God that knows. We have a God that knows and understands our heart because he went through it too. So I think that is my encouragement that when we face these, and maybe you're not in a situation like this now, but when we face these trials in life, that we can turn to a God who understands and says, I understand. And I've been there too. And I got this. And we can lean into this place that we can hand these things over and be released of this burden that can feel so heavy sometimes. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read Psalm 55 again. Given that insight, listen to my prayer, O God, do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy, at the stares of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm. Confuse the wicked, O Lord. Confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with the throng at the house of God. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the grave and for evil finds lodging among them. But I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening and morning and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. He ransoms me unharmed from the battle waged against me. Even though many oppose me, God who is enthroned forever will hear them and afflict them. Men who never change their ways and have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His speech is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are, are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. But you, O God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of corruption. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. God, that's our prayer today. That as for us, we trust in you. Lord God, help us to trust you in those moments where we want to take vengeance. We want to take justice into our own hands. We want to fight for on the behalf of ourselves or those that we love for justice. God, help us to recognize that it's okay to have those feelings, but that ultimately we need to surrender them to you. Lord, help us to cast our cares upon you, cast our anxieties upon you, because we know that you will sustain us. We thank you that you, your promise is that you will never let the righteous fall. God, I thank you for that confidence that we have. And I pray that as we surrender these very difficult things, these situations and emotions that feel so big that you are a God that can come in and give us peace in a way that the world does not understand. God, I thank you that you are the peace giver, that your Holy Spirit is the one that, that comes alongside of us in these moments and helps us through. God, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and the way that you continue to work in and through our lives. God, I thank you 
for this example of this relationship that David had with you in the midst of very real and hard emotions that he gave us this example that he can turn to you, that we can turn to you. I thank you that you are always there and you are ready and willing to receive us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey friends, I just want to let you know that we have lots of great resources for you in the She Hears shop. So if you are looking for something to do after you finish the She Hears Bible study, or even if you would like a Bible to go along with the Psalm study that we're doing, we have lots of note-taking Bibles and journaling Bibles. There's kind of something for everyone in there. And a new thing we put in the shop is something I love. I use it with my teenage daughters, is the real pretty Bible books of the Bible markers. So you, they're little tabs you put on the outside of your Bible and they help you easily be able to see and flip to different books of the Bible. It's so helpful like for church or when you're doing a Bible study to easily be able to see where you're going. So I pray all those things are resources that you will find helpful. And again, you can find those at shehears.org on the resources page. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.